0: This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, no bull. Go to noblefoods.com, use promo code Talk 15 and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble. So welcome to the 60th episode of Talking with the Dogs. I'm Liz Murdoch, and today we are going to have a solo episode where I go back to the very beginning and talk about me and my dogs and my work as an animal communicator, interspecies communicator. And I wanted to sort of catch people up where I am since I started this podcast. It's been, I can't believe it, about three years. It's taken me some time to get to 60 episodes, but thankfully I've had quite a few dog clients and I'm uh, working on a variety of projects. So I have taken the slow route, I guess, but I'm still committed. I'm still podcasting and I'm excited to share with you and those of you who are new and have maybe never listened to the story of how I got started. But in any event, I want to do a bit of that and also tell you where I am. Animal communication in the last three years has really become more widely accepted and explored and people are willing to talk about the fact that they are talking to their dog and they are are actually understanding their dog better and getting messages or their cat or any other animal. I work primarily with dogs. I have quite a few cat clients. I talked to a tortoise today And, uh, she had a lot to say as well, but I'm going to stick with the dogs, uh, for now. And the reason I am an animal communicator, I have a background. I got my master's in education and communication. I worked at the United nations in conflict resolution, uh, for a a time while I was living in New York. And I have since found that I really want to help dog people. Um, with their communication issues and their conflicts that they have with other dog people in their home, it, usually, that's where it is. People disagree on, does the dog belong in the couch? Is it okay to sleep with the dog? And when people have their differences, the dogs are affected and the dogs get confused and it comes up sometimes in my sessions. And I just want to help people. I don't, um, have a preference. If you don't want your dog in the bed, that's fine. But if you do, and you want to find a way to make it work and the dog is comfortable and not just a bed hog, um, I'm here to help. So why am I an animal communicator still? Because i become even more passionate about it. And I have seen, over and over again, as most of you know, who are clients of mine, I really, I don't send out emails. I don't hard sell. I run on referrals and I love my repeat customers and clients, and I am committed to helping people. And I do it because it is so gratifying when I have worked with somebody and they call up and they say, is it my dog's time? Um, it it's dying, their dog is dying, and they don't know what to do to help their dog. And I can tune in to, to their dog. And we can find out that no, your dog is not ready. Um, your dog wants to have another afternoon in the sun. And the person will say, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're saying that we just spent the afternoon in the sun. And I'll say, Well, your dog wants to do it one more time. Or, whatever specific details that dogs share, that I see an image, I get a knowing sense that I describe in detail to the people, and they're able to use it to solve a problem. And I'm going to keep doing that as long as people are asking for the support and it makes a difference for them. And I feel like Wow, that was so meaningful. And I like to feel like I've done something meaningful. Um, I had a near death experience and I was in a very bad car accident many years ago. And it left me with the urge that I need to do something that makes a difference. And for me, that was an exploration. And where I am now, making a difference, helping dog people is what matters. So I'm going to keep doing that. And yes, the cats and the horses and the turtles. So that's why I'm doing this because it makes a difference uh, to enough people and it's gratifying. Uh, What else can I tell you that I want you to know? How I work is a big question. And animal communicators, interspecies communicators, I um, know quite a few. I know of them. I follow their work. Just We follow each other. And I work... I do not need to see a picture. I love connecting with an animal on Zoom is my favorite. That's what's come out of the pandemic where we can say, hi, Fido, it's me, Liz. I'm an animal communicator. You can tell me whatever you want. And I explain how it's going to work. I never ask for people to share their questions, what it is. I don't want to know anything about your dog only because... I don't want you to think that I've been influenced by something you've said, because I know that the skeptic in you, the small part will say, well, maybe she knew because we told her that we've had our dog for 10 years and he's getting old. I never know how old my dogs are, my where they live, who lives in the house, nothing. I like to know that Your dog's name is so-and-so and and who's on the call. Is it just you? If there are two people that live in the house and the other person's not on the call, that person is pretty much not part of the conversation. If the person wants to join and listen, that's fine. But it's up. It's the chat session. I call my sessions chat sessions. The chat session is really between the dog that's on the call. Uh, Sometimes they bring a friend. There's multiple dogs. That's fine to me. It's however you want to use the time. So if people book a 30 minute session, we'll talk to whoever wants to talk. And typically when multi-animal homes, the animals will let me know. And I'll say, oh, I think this one, I think the cat wants to go first. I think the bigger dog wants to go first. There's always a knowing sense of who wants to go first. So don't stress about that. Um, how I work. I get the information. I introduce myself. I like to see the picture to connect through the eyes. I don't need any indication of a big fancy house, uh, a dog out on in the farmyard, nothing. Just show me a pic- send me a picture that you like of your dog. And I like to tune in through the eyes and I like to know your dog's name. And then I tell people to write down your questions, but don't tell them to me. Do not tell me your questions, write them down. You can refer to them and I will make sure they're answered. But what's fun is that when I talk to Fido and I say, okay, let's see what's going on. Typically, the docs answer the questions before we even get to them. And midway through a session, I will say, is there a question on your list that you want to ask? Or your dog is saying there's something we haven't gone deep enough or we haven't touched upon. And we always do that. But I'd like to that the dogs go first so that if your dog is saying, and this comes up, I don't feel as comfortable as I'd like to in the car, which is frequent. So you haven't said anything about your dog in the car, but if that comes up, I find that People are more likely to take it seriously if it's been nagging at them, but the dog brought it up and shared about the car ride. And um, that's why I let the dogs go first. And we work towards getting everything that the dogs want to say on how they're feeling, what their favorite things are. Uh, I'll say, What do you have to say about your food situation? And some dogs don't really care. And some are very particular. And they will say, This comes up a lot. I don't need so many different kinds of treats. I don't need so many. I feel better. My tummy feels better on just, and then they'll describe some dogs like the one in the crinkly package. Some dogs like um, they'll describe what it looks like. So when we let the dogs go first, then we get the information that is most, transformative often because the animals have shared it first and the people are more inclined to, oh, wow, I know exactly what my dog is talking about. I know that treat. Yes, I buy too many different kinds of treats because I enjoy doing that, but I've noticed that my dog prefers treat X. So um, that's how I work with the animals that way. What I recommend for somebody because people will say, I'm interested in working with you. I'm just not sure. My husband's not ready. Uh, We're going to think about it, but I had questions. What I recommend is write down your list um, of what you want to know and your questions and your concerns, and then ask an animal communicator, whether it's me or anybody else, how they work. And if you are skeptical then make sure you can work with somebody who answers your questions. There are some animal communicators that will write down their, um, what their messages that they get, but you don't really have a chance to ask clarifying questions. So it's good to, as you browse around, find somebody who resonates with you. It's just like, you know, finding a, I mean, whether it's a therapist or, you know, Anything that depends your favorite restaurant. Some people are going to want to go to a certain type of food. Others want a different kind of food. This kind of thing can be your preference. I specialize in dogs. If you are looking for somebody who specializes in horses, then, you know, maybe I would be okay, but I'm not specializing in horses and I can't go as deep as somebody who knows the nuances of a horse. So um, what we do, what I do um, that I would love doing is getting very specific so that my, um, people, I had a woman who was just, I was describing shoes to that. It was the dog was sharing something important about the shoes and she kept questioning it. And she goes, I'm not sure what you mean. And I was like, well, and I kept describing them. And then I described the location and there was an audience, watching this conversation. And she said, do you think that my dog could mean slippers? And I was like, yes, actually it could be slippers because I just see the outline of the shoes as I'm describing the image and the audience went nuts. And yes, it, to her, it suddenly the whole message of what I'd been describing to her answered a question that she had not shared with me but it was very, very profound and meaningful to her. And that's why I think that being able to ask a question to somebody who's giving you messages allows room for clarification. Not that I'm switching my like, oh yeah, I meant slippers. I did not mean slippers. I I was saying shoes, but I meant something that a person wears on their foot. That's what I meant, but I wasn't going as specific enough for her. Now there have been times to, for her to get to slippers, I did not see the difference. There have been times where people have questioned, "Could you mean this?" And say, "No." Like a woman who was asking about a sign from her dog that had passed away, and I said, "I'm getting that your dog says when there are church bells, you know that your dog is with you." And she said, "But I've never heard church bells." And I said, "Okay, let me go back and check." And I got thoughtful. I so I aligned myself in a way of being fully centered and present. And I asked this dog, okay, she's not understanding what you mean by church bells. Are you meaning that when there are church bells that you, her, you are with her, this is a dog that had passed away. And I got a yes. And I said, yes, your dog is saying when there are church bells. And sh- she said, oh, because she wanted a different answer. And I said, no, nah, I'm really getting church bells. And as I said that, there were church bells across the park that went chiming crazily. And she was with her husband and the three of us, it was an outside event. The three of us, all our eyes went wide. And I was like, oh, so we just went on. And then again, towards the end of our time together, she said, okay, is there anything else besides the bells? that my dog is using as a sign. And I said, well, let me check. And I said, okay, is there anything? And I go, you know, I keep getting these bells and the bells went off again. So that's an instance when I will stick with what the animal is telling me. Now, this was an afternoon in a park. That was the only time that the bells went off that entire afternoon. I think I spoke with about 20 different couples and animals And that was the only single time. So, yes, there are times where I will sort of gently push back and say, this is the description I'm getting from the animal. And I do that because I'm trying to advocate for the animal. My background has been working with rescues as an animal evaluator. I did animal assisted therapy where I was a partner with my dog and I had to advocate for him when he was done or um, if he had a preference in an alert that he was showing me in working with a particular patient, we were working with a larger team and I had to advocate for my dog. And so I sort of come from the side of if an animal is giving me a message, I wanna get it accurate, that it's meaningful to the person to use in a meaningful way in the person's relationship rather than please them and let's try and modify the dog's behavior or something i'm trying to advocate for a message i'm getting from a dog so they can use it in a positive way in their relationship Uh, so that's how i see animal communication um, as a really important tool that can transform a relationship with a dog and its person Um, and i can you can substitute dog if you want Um, but I'm just wanting to clarify. So what else can I tell you that um, people might want to know how to understand your dog is a question I get. And I do weave that into my chat sessions. And I will do another episode on that topic because there are a lot of different ways to understand a dog besides the body language or the buttons. There's the intuitive way, but people, different people receive messages differently. And I don't want to gloss over that in this episode. So this episode, I am going to talk more about the work that I do specifically with the dogs to help people understand how an animal communicator, specifically me, uh, works um, to help clarify. Uh, So what else? Uh, I wrote some notes. You want to know more. Uh, Why is my dog suddenly acting this way is a huge question. I got a text from a client the other day. She was panicked. Her dog, um, she goes, help. Um, My dog is um, trying to tell me something and I don't know what it is. Can you help me? And I've worked with this dog before and I was like, yes, hold on a second. So I sat down. I take a breath. I clear everything out. And I'm like, okay. And for me, I say the dog's name. So I'm just going to say, I what's it? Jackson. We'll just pick Jackson. That's not this dog's name. But I I keep my dogs very private for whatever reason. But so I'm going to say, Jackson, what's going on? And immediately, I did not have a picture of this dog at this point. I know this dog. I said, Jackson, what's going on? And I could immediately feel that this dog was panting. And I texted her and I felt a knowing sense animal communicators cannot diagnose. So I had to be very careful. And I said, I feel like it's an organ. I cannot tell if it's the heart or the liver, the pancreas, but something is straining to work at its optimum pace. It feels like an organ. And because I felt that in my body and I said, it's struggling. It's, it's, and your dog is, is panting. Is that right? Your dog is panting. And she texted back. She goes, yes, she is panting. Or he, he, anyway, doesn't matter. The dog was panting. And I said, something's not right. Um, I think you need to check with a vet. Um, is it hot? It's hot. I think how hot is your house? So her house was 80 degrees. So that is, um, too hot for a dog. Uh, And uh, at least her dog, it was. So she made adjustments. She checked in with the vet and she figured out what to do. And her dog was no longer panting and was much calmer and was no longer looking at her desperately trying to get help uh, for whatever reason. Um, So she solved that problem. She will go to the vet to get a diagnosis of why it was suddenly reacting to the heat in this particular instance. I didn't know all the details. I'm not going to do a diagnosis, but I could share what I was getting at that time so that she could then make adjustments to get her dog into a calmer situation and figure out how to work it out um, medically. And so that is something that came up. Uh, Suddenly acting this way can also be a behavior change in that, Um, a family had recently moved and the woman sat down. I was in an event and it was her turn and she came up and she said, my dog is acting strange. And I had worked with this dog previously. And I said, oh my gosh, did you just move? You just moved. And she goes, yes. How did you know? And I said, because I can see boxes. And she's like, oh, my gosh. I go, don't tell me anymore. I said, there are boxes that are blocking your dog's view. And this particular dog was a Chihuahua. And I said, your dog can't see from one room to another. And, and your dog and part of it I had remembered from previously, but part of it was new. I said, but I was like, your dog likes to know what's going on. But in this new setup, your dog can't see what's going on because the boxes and it's a maze, but cannot see into the bedroom. And I said, and you also have a bed that's higher and your dog can't get up. Yes. So as I started listing things that I was seeing, this particular dog was sending me lots of pictures of this new home set up and these boxes and the layout. And your dog can't see. I said, but your dog likes it when your partner picks her up because, and she goes, oh yeah, he carries her around. I said, that's because yes, your dog likes your partner, but your dog can also see, because she said, I was starting to feel like my dog doesn't like me anymore. And I said, well, it turns out your partner is carrying your dog around. So your dog can now see where things are. And it's very relaxing for your dog. So that's where the specifics and being able to ask questions makes a difference. And if you have questions that you want to be able to ask, I encourage you to find an animal communicator who allows that opportunity because we need to clarify and we need, especially when the dog wants you to make adjustments and there's a chance that you might miss some of the important meaning that the dog is sharing. So that is something about why my dog is acting. It can be for a variety of reasons. It can be medical change and physical. It can be the food. It can be they, you moved in boxes are in the way. So uh, getting the dog's perspective is often very helpful. And the other thing when you work with an animal communicator that is important is to put aside your Um, preconceived ideas and it's hard. And that's why I say, write your questions down, but put them aside because I worked with many people who say, I, I know what my dog's going to say. I'm good, but this was a gift certificate. Or I was sort of curious about this one thing, but I know everything else. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Let's just see what your dog says anyway. And invariably, a dog will have another perspective, just like how people can have a different perspective on things. So remember that to be as open as you can. So what does my dog want? Oh, this is what my my favorite questions I do in every session is what does my dog want you to know? And sometimes it's, very serious, and sometimes it's lighter, and it depends on the dog. It depends on the day. I've had dogs give women um, tips on how to rearrange their office multiple times. They, for some reason, it's happened three very specific times where they've given career advice that has made a big difference to their people, and. It's, it's, I, I will say, if you've listened to me before, I've, some of this stuff, I'm like, this is sort of weird. I don't know how I know this. I don't know how the dog knows this, but I'm getting an image and a knowing sense. And some of these people, I'm not involved in their careers. I don't know that much about most of my clients. I don't even know where they live, but I will say that the dogs will sometimes say, it said, move your desk. It'll say, pay attention to your best writing is the last five minutes of every time you write, pay attention. Sometimes you stop soon and you think it's garbage, but it's your best pay attention. And uh, that's pretty interesting. I've had dogs say, I want you to go open this drawer. I want you to go, I want to go on the car ride. Uh, that to the house that's two hours away. I want to go to the place with the water that has the tall trees. They will describe very specific things that they want. And every single time people know what their dog is talking about. And then there's usually some meaning that goes beyond it. And that's why I work up to it because I want people to take it seriously. I want them to take what their dogs say seriously and see what happens. So there's that. What else is, um, something that comes up? Is it my dog's time? So that's a question that comes up that I love helping people with. And if you listen to my podcast, I did a session with my daughter, Grace about Teddy, our dog who, Passed away in March, and he suddenly had a stroke, um, a seizure in the early morning hours. And five days later, it was undeniably his last day with us. And it was hard. And it was also, looking back, we were like, "Wow, we were so fortunate that and privileged that we knew what he wanted. That we have." Grace has grown up talking with dogs and watching me do it with dogs all over the world and that we had no doubts. And even now it's been a couple months that we think about it and we um, are just grateful that we knew what he wanted and it was so clear. And I like being able as an animal communicator to advocate for people who are trying to make sense of whether you call it the rainbow bridge or whatever else that when you have someone working with you who can help you, whether create a bucket list or walk through like, okay, it's my dog's time. What do I do? And tuning into an animal, I've worked with clients a lot lately who we will find out that no, my dog's not ready. They'll I'll say, no, your dog's not ready. And they'll go, oh, and I, this one particular client, he, I said, your dog's I get a lot of calls, even from veterinarians who I work with them and their dogs. And we'll, I'll say, your dog says it's way too rushed that you have a very busy schedule and your dog says we can wait a day. You need to take care of whatever, but this isn't going to go well for you if we do it this way. And the dog is looking out for the person. And I'll be like, you know, for me, if these are high stakes, I, because this is a really important time in somebody's life um, and with their dog and to say, your dog says that it's too rushed the way you have it planned right now. uh, Why don't you think about this? And then they'll call me later and say, my dog was right. And we did it this way. And it was actually okay. Or your dog says that, um, whatever, I I mean, it feels sort of personal that, but the dogs will say something that they want their people to do. Um, or they will say they want, I've had them say they want alone time with each person. One particular dog wanted alone time with each member of the family and, uh, those kinds of things, I think help people. So they have less uncertainty after their animal passes, I get people, people write me back and they say that, um, it was helpful because they were able to make choices that they felt better about. And they're not wondering. Um, so animal communication can help you sort of as a, um, I don't know, a doula maybe who can walk along with you. I am not trained as a grief coach. So I want to be very clear that animal communicators, most of them are not grief coaches. And I'm, I am just working on what an animal is telling me and messages as puzzle pieces And so I just thought I would tell you about that. Uh, What else? So then the question obviously comes is, do you talk to animals that have crossed over? And I do. um, I do it. I will say that I believe as an animal communicator that messages come. I am not going to teach people how to, um, that what you, that your animal is running through the fields, because to me, only if an animal says that I've had people say that to me and I, maybe it's controversial in the world of pet care, but I have not had an animal say I'm running through the fields and, um, I'm sitting with Nana, grandma, um, having happy hour. I get very, I, I personally only get specific information from a dog that is maybe. Five words. It's something about probably the final days, how the animal left, but maybe it's my own beliefs or my lack of experience with reincarnation. Not every animal communicator is talking past lives, that your dog is watching over you. I do get a sign from Teddy um, regularly that never happened before and happens even when I travel that people comment on. And I don't try and make sense of it other than, Oh, there the, there it is. Uh, every, I believe every experience is dependent on the person and the dog and that that whole aspect of reincarnation and where your dogs go and do they come back is part of our life experience, figuring what it means to us and, I think that I it's concern it can be concerning that when we try and say that all that animal commu- animal communication is talking to dogs that have died and we all know that where they are because I will be the first to say I don't know where the dogs go but I do know I get messages and I think that's okay. There's room for that and there's room for exploration and. That has been my experience that I think is important to share because I don't want people to miss out on the benefits of animal communication because they're put off because they don't share a belief about past lives and reincarnation and our dogs are talking to us. Our dogs are sending us new dogs. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I've certainly met people who remind me of other people and they're both still alive and they're not the reincarnation of another person. They're just remind us. And I think dogs can remind us a new dog can remind us of a dog that we had. So I think it's freeing. I want to offer that as freeing that we don't have to exactly know, Or buy into a certain belief, but there's room for exploration that animal communication is allowing us as we explore the science behind it which I will segue into that I am very happy to be a part of what's going on in Canada at the University of Saskatchewan. And I did a um, presentation on service dogs. And that's a passion of mine is both the science of how animal communication is being studied and how it is being used to bring about success with service dogs in their Um, training and in their placement and in their success, becoming a partner with a person that needs a dog to help them in life. And that is why I want animal communication to be uh, continued to be explored and considered as a very helpful tool in a person's relationship with their dog or their cat or any other animal um, that they may be living or working with or even caring for. So I say the part about where our dogs go as that is one part and there are different ways people integrate um, that exploration into their work as animal communicators. But if there's something that doesn't resonate with you or you're not Um, in sync with that belief or experience, that's okay. That's okay. Because there are other parts that can be very transformative and make a difference. And that's why I am so committed to doing the work, continuing to explore it, share the different ways that animals um, share their messages with me through knowing senses, feelings, I hear a voice sometimes, and um, I want people to continue to feel comfortable exploring it, talking about it, and finding ways to make it a part of their dog relationship. So that's probably a good amount for now as a solo episode. Thank you so much for your ongoing support of Talking With The Dogs. You can find me on Instagram. Many of you like to go there to learn more and see what I'm up to. My website, Talking With The Dogs, has more information and resources. I've got products coming out to foster and nurture the human animal bond and get as more people talking about their dogs, which you can find on my website. If you want, you can book a session. You can book 15 minutes to just check in with me and pick my brain. I love talking about this. And I just want to thank you. Reach out to me, um, book a session, buy a product and talk to your dog. So thank you for celebrating 60 episodes and I look forward to 60 more. Thank you. Ready to find out what your dog wants you to know? Visit talkingwithadogs.com, book an appointment with me, and we'll find out.